Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and variety show. It is October 8th, 2021. My name is Jonathan Osborne. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Not feeling all that well this week, but, uh, you know, not all heroes wear capes. He's still here rocking out. How are we doing? Uh, I I feel like doo-doo, Jonathan. But, like you said, I'm here. I'm here. Right. That's um, what counts. Yeah, my... My wife and daughter have the same type of sickness here. They did get COVID tested today uh, while I was at work. They got rapid tested, came back negative. So we're in the clear. It's not COVID. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's all right. It's all right. I've, I've got Thursday night football to uh, keep me company tonight, Jonathan. I've got you to Barn keep burner. me company. I've got, uh, I've got a lot to look forward to. We got a, a big weekend of football ahead and then preseason's in full swing. But yeah, barn burner of a game. Uh, a minute fifty-five less in the in the first half. Seahawks are up seven to zero. <laughs> I've got uh, the Rams plus three in a in a teaser with the Packers. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that game will be a little bit more exciting. And then, not that you care because you're an un-American, but uh, the U.S. men's national team, I believe, about to uh you know wrap up a victory against Jamaica tonight. So that's a good thing as well. Um, yeah, Luke, uh, pretty. Uh, exciting week as the NBA preseason has started. Lots of fun things around the league. Um, we've got some rumors this week. We'll talk some Ben Simmons stuff, some Kyrie Irving. We'll talk some trade stuff. Uh, the NBA GM survey came out. We'll break that down as well. Uh, but right now, Luke, I think it was, came out today. The uh, NBA 75th anniversary, the NBA Lane commercial dropped today. I found it pretty uh, it was pretty entertaining. I got a, a good kick out of it. I watched it maybe three or four times now. Actually, um, you just watched it. So, what do you? What were your initial thoughts? What do you think of the commercial? I mean, any time that you get that many legends in a commercial, and I like that there was a great balance of both, you know, past and present. You know, people that will be legends, I guess, that will be able to look at this commercial and it'll be kind of like a vintage commercial. Um, you know. 20, 30 years down the road and be like, oh, wow, they got Donovan Mitchell and, and D book and those guys in it. Um, while also having, you know, Gary Payton, I don't know how, I mean, I know how Michael B. Jordan just happens to just step into these roles and get all these calls to be on these types of commercials. It's Michael B. Jordan. I mean, everybody loves him, I guess. So, um, a really well done commercial. I think it flowed really well. I don't think there was any point where, you know, it was boring. I think that it was there was always something new and exciting. You know, you had Dirk in there uh, working on his sky hook, and um, you, you had a lot of cool moments in there. You watched it more times than I did, Jonathan. Obviously, what was uh, what did you think of the commercial? Well, so first, I just want to start with my favorite part: the Devin Booker like driving in his low rider, yeah. stop, yeah. you know, stopping by the the uh, Kobe mural, and you know, right. the salute, and just kind of the whole scene just stops, mm-hmm. like for a couple. Like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking yeah. about it, but I thought that was really cool. Me too. A couple things that I found interesting were some of the like omissions from the commercial. I don't know if it's like availability issues, but no Giannis, no Luka Doncic, no Michael freaking Jordan, like no Charles Barkley. Like it just felt like guys that are like, you know, obviously there's a few guys that are still like around the league. But, like, I don't know. It just felt weird to not have those guys. You know what wasn't surprising to me? And this is part of me being a hater. Um Michael Jordan absolutely got an invitation to that commercial. He had to have, right? You know, you know what he also got an invitation to for years, and he wouldn't let it happen. NBA 2K. He wouldn't let himself be put in the game. Bill Belichick did the same thing, I think, with Madden for a long time. 
you know these these guys they 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 these got enough. the old men is that yeah what you, is that what yeah they got enough money i guess i don't know uh no absolutely mj declined this invitation as far as Giannis, guy luca guys like that it probably just had to do with casting i mean the moments of the commercial right you've only got so long and whatever they put it out it was like two and a half minutes though Look, but if you get zach levine no and no disrespect to the bulls i love zach levine i really really like zach levine but if you can get zach levine in there you can you can fit Luka Doncic into the commercial. If, if Aaron Gordon wins, you know those dunk contests against Levine. No, does nope. he get put in that commercial? Nope. Levine's a better basketball player. I mean, we I, like there's the image of Aaron Gordon literally right behind me here. This is a green screen. If you guys can't tell, but like Zach Levine's the better basketball player. Like we tried to argue that for a few years. Like right, but what's the reason he was dunking? Contest. So I'm thinking like well, if I mean, AG... he's an all star. I mean he's he's you know one of the better players in the league right now. He's one of the better guards, especially in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, you gotta I, like it was really easy to just throw him in there. And and I love Manu throwing him the lob. Like seeing like seeing Ginobili in that. That was really awesome. Haven't seen mm-hmm. Manu in a long time. How about Gary but, Payton uh, stopping the bus? That was hilarious. That was probably my second like, he, favorite like, part of the whole Like thing. Michael B. Jordan explaining to the kids in the back, they, yeah, they like, call him the glove. Does. This is what he does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Was, he's like, you can't get by me. It was, that yeah. was really, really, really funny. I thought they right. did a great job with that. But, no, it was just a lot of fun. It, it was like I was – it got really deep into that commercial. It was like, no, LeBron. It's like, LeBron's <laughs> got to be in this commercial, right? And then, of course, you know, LeBron, he's, you know, throwing the seeds up into the air. He's a gardener or whatever. <laughs> And then like the like Lamelo Ball is sitting there playing like playing, NBA Jam, playing games like, with on Benny the arcade the games. Yeah, yeah, it was that was, that was pretty hilarious. But, but yeah, I just found it weird that a couple of those guys you know weren't in it. That that commercial could have been ten minutes long, and right. I would watch the entire thing. Like, I don't know, were you like a WWE like a wrestling fan when you were a kid? Never was. No, I I figured as much. But um, so the heck I think does that it was. Mean? I, you just I don't know. Like whenever whenever it comes to like nerdy things like that, like you usually. Like, just don't have an interest in it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just something that I've noticed over, no, you know, the, the no, length of our continue. relationship. No, continue. About you or about what I was saying before? No, no don't, don't, don't speak my name. What is that? <laughs> WWE. What? Okay, WWE, there there was um, this video game. I don't know if it was um, Shut Your Mouth or... Um, or uh, like one of one of the old SmackDown games, but you could go into like the menu and watch like these. Uh, they called it the SmackDown Hotel commercials, and it was kind of shot in like the same way with like all the wrestlers. Like everyone's like doing different stuff, you know. Um, you know, Kurt Angle is like angle slamming someone into the pool, like Stone Cold and like The Rock are like fighting in the lobby. It would be stuff like that. And that com- this commercial, the NBA seventy five commercial, was just like very like reminiscent of that for me. So I just found it really cool. Again, I could I could have watched that kind of stuff all day, but enough about that, Luke. Let's talk uh Ben Simmons. I feel like we're like both really really tired um of talking <laughs> about Ben Simmons. You've got some so pretty tired. interesting stuff in in terms of like the amount of money that he is subject to lose if he like really follows through with not playing this season and doesn't get traded. Which I yeah. just don't see happening, but I, I know you've got that for us. So, well, Ben Simmons is slated to make $33 million this year before fines. And the reason I say that is, so our friends over at Pick a Side Podcast, if you guys haven't listened to that, uh, go ahead and do that. They, uh, they've got a YouTube channel that they heavily utilize. Um, they're also on all the podcast platforms. But um, anyway, our, our boy Joel did the legwork for me because I hate math and I wasn't about to add up numbers. He said... Uh, that Ben Simmons is facing between between practice and games that 
the Sixers could really do him dirty and give him twenty five plus million in fines this is it year. Doing him dirty? Is well, there, no. Is it doing him dirty? Like it's no, but really they could make not. him feel it, right? I mean, yeah. like it's it's just making him feel. I don't it. show up to work. I ain't getting paid, so I don't feel bad for him at all. No, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I have no type of empathy for Ben Simmons right now. Um, also, like Maury, like just figure it, figure it out. I don't I don't know. Figure it out. So, like the most recent reports is you know in terms of like yesterday. So, um, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, of the Indiana Pacers is supposedly drawing interest from the Seventy Sixers. And just kind of looking, you know, at the numbers and kind of what makes sense, I think the conversation would really have to start with a package of Karis Levert um, and Malcolm Brogdon for Ben Simmons, like really just to make the money work. Um, what do you think of that trade? Do you, who who do you think wins that? What Brogdon and Simmons? Uh, yeah, it would be Levert and Brogdon for Simmons. I, I I don't know. I don't know who wins that trade. To be honest, uh, I mean. <sighs> I would say as far as as far as it goes, I mean Brogdon I think is severely underrated. Lavert obviously had that medical scare last year and then thankfully you know comes back. I He's also dealing with an injury right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um I mean Simmons stock is obviously gonna go low. We talked about it before. Maury doesn't wanna, you know, usually yeah, he's got make a, a trade. back fracture right now, so Right. Uh, they say so, it's a minor setback. He may be ready to go sometime near the start of the regular season, but yeah, he's definitely had some uh, some injury woes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you bring you bring Brogdon in, and I think that's great too. I mean, he's averaging last year twenty one a game, up from his sixteen a game the year before, on four more minutes, um, shooting almost thirty nine percent on almost seven attempts a game. I mean, Ben Simmons wasn't giving you that. I know Ben Simmons obviously is giving you that elite defense, obviously. Um, but you know, Brogdon and Levert, I I have no problem with that trade. I think that that's a good trade. I think the Sixers are going to be lucky to get that trade. To be honest with you, I think that we're seeing yeah. a, a standstill because Maury's like, wait, I should be getting more, but it's like, no, Maury, that's not how this works. Ben Simmons clearly wants out. His stock, his draft, his trade stock is plummeting. All your leverage is gone. It, day by day, week by week, that this goes by, that he's not dealt. You're hurting yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. I don't know what Maury's waiting on. I don't know if his pride's in the way, but it either something's got to give. Maury's got to trade him, or Ben Simmons' people in his corner have to be like, dude, you you have to play. This is a terrible look for you. This is it, you you need to play. Yeah, I, I uh, at this point, it doesn't seem like Ben Simmons is going to blink. Like I think people were saying that originally like oh you know once he starts to lose money like eventually he's going to come around like he's too far in he's going to yeah, look he's, like he, he's, he's going to look like far. an absolute yeah. idiot if he suits up a few games in the season because those fines start racking up like is he is is ben simmons like is this a game of chicken it really is but like ben simmons is going to be sorely disappointed when those fines start hitting i just wonder who's going to budge and i i don't i don't know who's going to well, he's done so many things at this point, like just cutting off all ties with the team. Uh, you know, it sounded like there was like a group of 76ers players and like front yeah. office staff that was going to fly out to L.A. And he's like, no, do not come. So right. I just feel like that relationship seems like irreparable at this point. But in terms of that specific trade, I, I kind of like it for the 76ers more than I like it for the Pacers. Um, just because I don't know that Ben Simmons, you know, 
makes the Pacers all that much better. I mean, you're going to have it's, like Demonis Sabonis. You still have yeah. you know Miles Turner there. You know Jeremy Lamb. But I mean, at this point, like the 76ers are going to be lucky to get anything. And Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert, like those are two guys that. Like if you told me three, four years from now those guys are all stars, I'd be like, okay, that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, I just don't see a way that the the uh, like seventy sixers come out much better than that. But does he Indiana do that? I don't know. For the sake of Ben Simmons, I mean, we've talked about it. He needs the perfect perfect system. He also needs at this point for a team to want to receive him. I think he really needs to go to a team that's already built. There's already a foundation. Ben Simmons can't go in there being the number one on a young team. I think I'd be scared as a front office and be like, does Ben Simmons like is he is he going to be eternally a disgruntled superstar if things aren't going his way? And do we want him on a rebuilding team? I I think that you if you're Ben Simmons, you better hope that there that Daryl Morey just budges and sends you to a contender. Because otherwise I mean, he's going to go from being disgruntled to being disgruntled playing for a bad team, in my yeah, opinion. I, I'm just really tired of, first of all, just talking about Ben Simmons and the trade in general because it's like we've been talking about it for like two straight months now. But it's just like I'm kind of fatigued of these guys signing an extension and then one to two years later, like they're demanding a trade. Like, you made your bed, you signed the contract now. Like, just deal with it. Like, you're being paid an ungodly amount of money. But Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Luke, the next thing that I want to talk about, and this kind of you know ties into Ben Simmons, so it's very, very early talks um, that we've just started to hear the last couple of days. Is uh, It sounds like there might be some talks, some, uh, what might be mutual interest in trading Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons, basically just straight up. Um, I kind of like this for both teams and both guys. You know, Kyrie, if he's not going to get vaccinated – He's going to you know, potentially miss like 41 games uh, in Brooklyn this season because of the vaccination mandate that's in place there. So he gets out of that situation, still goes to a contender in the East. He's not that far from Brooklyn, really. Um, and then Ben Simmons goes, and I mean, he's going to be on a championship contender team. Um, you know, he's there with great shooters. I mean, if there's a situation to be in that would work well for Ben Simmons, being surrounded by like Kevin Durant and James Harden, who very much could just like get out of the way and let him do his own thing at times. And he can just be more of like a facilitator, have those guys play off ball. I mean, that's, I don't know that there's going to be a better scenario in the NBA. If the nets are like, look, Kyrie is just not getting vaccinated and that's totally his personal choice. We won't get into that, but if he's just not getting vaccinated, the fact is he's going to miss a lot of games there. Yeah, he's going to miss a lot of games, and it's basically speculated that he's going to lose $380,000 for every home game he misses due to his being unvaccinated. Um, if Irving that's my, missed... That's like 10 years of my salary. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if Irving misses all 41 home games, he would miss out on over $15 million. So, th- I, I, it takes a lot, like... I'm trying to that's, process. That's some conviction. Yeah. So it's just like, but but if I told you, Jonathan, that there's a player, if, if before this all happened, right, I tell you two years ago or a year and a half, whatever, two years ago probably, before the start of the pandemic, hey, Jonathan, there's going to be a pandemic. And there's going, in this pandemic, um, certain big markets are going to require their players to get this vaccination. Is there a player other than Kyrie Irving that you would think of in a big market that you'd be like, that that's shocking, right? Like this none of this catches me by surprise. In a big market, no. In our market, like there was a part of me with Jonathan Isaac is like, eh, is he? I don't really know if he would, and now we've learned that he hasn't. So um Kyrie would definitely would have been my number one overall draft pick. Yeah. In terms of guys that just like received to get the vaccine, especially in a big market. So well, I mean it's yeah. not surprising, but it is because, like, bro, like, 
he's very well off. You know, he's definitely right. he could retire now, and he and his family and his kids and his kids' kids would be fine. Like he's got you know generational wealth at this point. But um, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like that is a lot of conviction, and like a lot of me, you know, this stuff aside, like Kyrie has just kind of annoyed me over the years with some of the antics and some of like the cancerous locker room behavior. But this is like, man, like if you're going to stick to your guns, this is a heck of a way to do it. Like $15 million. That is the epitome of putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Um, but what do you think of the fit? Like if it's Ben for Kyrie, just like one for one, how do you think each team comes out of that? Um, I mean, it, it fits the bill as far as what I was say, uh, saying about Ben Simmons and where he needs to go to, you know, to be in the right situation, he needs to walk into a contender. Well, guess what? There is not a better contender than the Brooklyn Nets, who, by the way, without Kyrie Irving, could still win the NBA Finals. Yeah. So Ben Simmons needs them far more than they need him. Um, but that being said, I mean, he, he, he plays elite defense. He's just going to fit in. I mean, he's just going to step in. Don't ask him to make a layup to win the game because he'll pass out of it. <laughs> and uh, I I don't... I Ben Simmons could coast and win a ring, and I will think so lowly of him. Even if he has nothing to do with it. For the rest of time, Jonathan, I am going to think awful things about Ben Simmons because this dude is just being a, a, a millionaire baby... And he's gonna go to Brooklyn, and if he gets rewarded for being a baby, I will be so pissed. I mean, it literally like we see it happen all the time, like just in pro sports in general. Guys start pouting; they want to get out. Like, look at James this is Harden. Lo- this is, like, but this, but this is lockout Le'Veon Bell type junk. I mean, hey, it didn't work out well for Le'Veon. Like, and I hope it works just as well for Ben Simmons. But the the James Harden thing last year like really irked me because it was like, all right, you're holding this organization like at hostage, and he ended up going exactly where he wanted to go anyways. It was like, oh, there's no way that the Nets are going to end up with Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, and lo and behold, here we are. You know, basically, nothing's impossible anymore. I don't know. Nine, ten months later, after that trade, and it's just. Because I was really excited for last season, you know, going into, you know, the last couple of years, it was like everybody kind of had their duo. Like when it was like, um, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, and it was, yeah. you know, LeBron. AD and LeBron, uh, yeah. You know, AD, it was, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Like all these teams had their duos, and then it was like, okay, well, this year they're going to have Kyrie and KD, so they're going to be really good. And then it was like, oh, my God, here we go again, you know, 2015 through, you know, twenty. 18 you know Cavs and Warriors just going to go back and forth it's just going to be the Lakers and the Nets every single year now and that's just going to you know continue on forever but yeah I mean part of me and we've talked about this on other podcasts but I wish there was something the league could do to limit the like the three like the trio like I feel like the duo you're able to overcome that like in Golden State it just happened like so naturally and it was just sheer dumb luck that they ended up with two of the I don't know, best three, might maybe the best two shooters in the history of basketball in Steph and Clay, and then you just happen to end up with this top five defensive player of all time in Draymond Green, and everything just fell into place. So, like, but even that, we saw, I mean, it took a trio to take those guys down, but, uh, like, a duo feels like, no matter, like, you have a chance. It's probably unlikely, 
but you have a chance. When you add the third guy, it's it's just too much. So for those reasons, um, I mean, Kyrie's already there. So Brooklyn, it, it just feels like it's kind of ruined. I guess maybe a trio with Ben Simmons isn't as good as Kyrie in a so. certain sense, but Ben Simmons is more durable than Kyrie. He's a better defender than Kyrie. Um, he's going to be more willing to defer to James Harden and Kevin Durant. So it might elevate those guys to a certain extent. I don't know. Maybe he would be a great fit in Brooklyn, but uh, yeah, all that to say, I wish there was something the league could do to limit that, but I doubt that's going to happen really anytime soon. All right. Enough about Ben Simmons and and Kyrie Irving, Luke. Uh, This week, um, the NBA released their 2021, 2022 GM survey. So, Every year, the league sends a survey to league GMs to ask them, you know, a bunch of questions. For example, what team will win the finals? Um, you know, how would you re- rank the teams in the Western Conference? Uh, who's going to win the MVP? Uh, if you were starting a franchise today, could you sign any player in the NBA and who? And so on and so forth. And they they do this, you know, each year. Um, I guess the the best place to start is. Which team will win the 2022 NBA Finals? Right now, 72% of GMs, Luke, uh, voted the Brooklyn Nets to win the NBA Finals. I don't know. That's a big surprise. And then second place uh, was the Los Angeles Lakers, followed by the Milwaukee Bucks at 10%. Um, No surprise there, really, at all. Uh, They went through the Eastern Conference and Western Conference rankings. Again, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, the top four. That makes sense uh, in the East. And in the West, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the Denver Nuggets. I'm a little surprised that they have Golden State at five, Luke. What what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm kind of looking. You think they should be lower is what you're saying. I feel you, they should be they, higher. They should, I feel, I oh. feel like Golden State to me, like if Clay is healthy and obviously it's a big if, I just don't know how they're you know not like right behind the Los Angeles Lakers. Like Phoenix, are they going to be able to do what they did last season? I don't know. People are going to be expecting it. Like they kind of not came out of nowhere because they played really well in the bubble and then the addition of Chris Paul, but they're definitely on everyone's radar now. Um, And then when you look at like Denver, like no Jamal Murray, probably at least until like the all-star break. I just don't know how you look at Utah and you look at Golden State, just knowing what Golden State's been able to do when their trio has been healthy and just say, yeah, they're the fifth best team in the West. I, I like even on paper, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that a lot of it is. I mean, you said it. You said Clay's a, a big if. Um, I mean, I mean, what was it? I, did I send this to you? Um, talking about like how much the league has changed since Clay Thompson has played in an NBA game. Like there was, there are so many different things that have happened since Clay has stepped on the court and made me realize, like. Wow, it's been a long time since Clay Thompson stepped on yeah. the court. Now, luckily, Clay Thompson doesn't have to dribble. So exactly, he doesn't. He, all he's got to do is remember how to shoot and defend. Um, as long as he hasn't lost, you know, anything from that. I mean, yeah, I, I think a case could be made um, for Golden State to be higher. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty. I mean, not to mention you throw in two. What was it? Two top fifteen picks. From the draft this year, I mean, they're, and those guys are expected probably to get some minutes. I mean, they're going to get some valuable minutes. Um, James I, Wiseman, you know, the what was it, the number two overall pick from last year? He says he's feeling a lot better. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could, they could be really, they could be really good and and absolutely, you know, break down the walls of what people thought they could do. 
but I still would just because of maybe it's recency bias, but I still would have Phoenix above them. Um, I think Denver, it's close, man. I think it's close. I don't not respect- having Jamal for half the season. Like, I mean, I'm, the one thing, and we talked about this last week. Like, Michael Porter Jr. really could elevate and just continue yeah. to carry them offensively. Like, you, you, that's a legit possibility. I think he could average like twenty three, twenty four this year. He averaged nineteen easily last year. So, I, I think that that Denver has a lot going for him. Obviously, I, I think. Um, I don't know on that Western Conference rankings list that maybe Utah should be fourth. Um, I, I think I'm okay with with Golden State right there. Um, Clippers obviously without Kawhi, you know, right behind them. Dallas behind them. Then Portland. Um, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out. But I, I think the Warriors. I'm okay with them at five. 2021-2022 Kia MVP, Kevin Durant receiving 37% of the GM vote. Luka Doncic, 33%, followed by Giannis, 13%. Joel Embiid, uh, James Harden, 7%. Luke, Kevin Durant, I mean, missed so many games last year. I don't know how, any, how anyone's able to take a look, um, you know, just kind of his recent injury history and the amount that he was, you know, load managed last year and just some of the injuries that he had. And are that confident to vote? I mean, is he the best player in the league right now? Probably, but I have like I would not bet money on the fact that Kevin Durant is going to win the MVP. Um, if he's healthy, probably, but I just I really don't believe he's going to be able to be healthy for you know seventy plus games this year. Here's the thing: when it comes to the MVP, a lot of times the best player in the league, in my opinion, doesn't win it. It's about story. You don't story. have to say your opinion. That's I think that's like a universal fact at this point. Right. Well, which is why, regardless, I do think Kevin Durant is the, the best player in the NBA. Um, I think it, he could win MVP for the reasons that you're saying that you're listed already. He was injured last year. This is a feel-good Kevin Durant's back. He stayed healthy. He won the finals MVP. He brought Brooklyn a championship. All of those, you know, obviously, it's it's a regular season award, and those things would factor in after. But it's what people would say about him, right? Um, if he can stay healthy, I I think that he has all the makings of becoming, you know, being the MVP. I mean, he came into the playoffs was was a, you know a few inches away from going to the finals uh, from that jump shot. Um, I mean, he averaged thirty four game thirty four points a game. He played you know twelve games. I, I think that that Kevin Durant is kind of the perfect formula this year to win it. He's got the narr- he's got the narrative, um, it, overcoming adversity of Kyrie not playing the whole game home games. Which, by the way, if Kyrie does stay with the Nets all year and only plays the away games, it will be the most bizarre but yeah. hilarious thing. It would maybe make it more interesting, the NBA more interesting. Um, that Kyrie is in the playoffs is only playing the away games. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like they, at they, that point, it's like you want, like, just give them, like, I if I'm Brooklyn <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're just gonna ride with Kyrie, we're like, give me the eighth seed, right? You know, like if it comes down to a seven game series, like you want as many away games as you can get <laughs> at that point, like as bizarre as that sounds. Right. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about, and then we can just kind of go through and kind of nitpick here. Um, if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Uh, Luka Doncic leading the way with forty three percent of the GM vote. Uh, followed by Giannis with 40%, and then also receiving votes. 
Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, um, Zion Williamson. Um, so I always find it really odd. Like Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Yeah. You could sign any player right now. If you were starting a franchise. Right. Those are the guys that you would start with. Like 34 and 36 year olds. That, that I like, I understand it. Cause it's like, all right, we're like in win now mode, I guess. But like if there was a fantasy draft, I just, I don't, I don't see LeBron James and Kevin Durant like going like first, you, if you're starting your franchise. Like I'm always think, thinking like, I want like the best young player that I'm going to have for 15 years. I, I often wonder how seriously the, the GMs take this. That's survey. fair. Um, I, I wonder this because I, what if they're they have like secretary filling it out? Right. Like, what, what if they're not, what if they're, they're like stuffing their face with like popcorn or whatever? I don't know. These GMs eat in their office. And their their secretary is just like they've got their feet propped up, and they're just like, "Hey, read me that next one." What does it say? And they're like, uh, "Their poor secretary is on all fours, and they're using right. them like as a footrest." Like, <laughs> but it's like, but they're you know, what are the chances that these GMs of teams that are in win now mode don't hear the words that are very important? If you were starting a franchise today, right? What if they're just like, if I'm you know the GM of the Lakers, give me give me. Uh, Give me, any, give me Kevin Durant. Yeah. Give me whoever. I mean, give me when now. What? A, that's a stupid question. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're stupid. It said well, you're starting a franchise today. I, no, I do. You're th- stupid. Th- you're stupid. Um, no. So, yeah, I think that's the thing, right? I don't. If I could sign, like if I was a GM and I could sign any player to start a franchise. Yeah, no, it's I'm not doing any of those guys really that are also receiving votes besides Zion um, and maybe Jokic. And then up to that point man i mean i i'm riding with luka Doncic as well i mean he's just younger from starting the franchise he's younger than than Giannis. his ceiling is ridiculous i i i truly do and i've said this before but i truly do think that like luka if he can win a championship in the next few years when these lakers and nets things these guys get old and it kind of fizzles out I think he could win so many championships. Um, and I, I do think that you could throw Luca into the GOAT conversation eventually. Oh, my gosh. I think you could, let, man. Let the kid win a playoff series first, please. No. Please. What? He, I mean, he's, he beat the Clippers. I mean, he's he's incredible. He's 22, man. He's His trajectory is insane. I, I think that at the end of his career, he's absolutely a guy. And that's the reason he's top of this list. So I, I think... I'm I'm all aboard the uh, I'm with the GMs on this one. Number one, uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely going Luka Doncic as well. I think it's a, a little a little early to start throwing him in. Of course the, it is, uh, but the what's the fun if I don't but... talk about twenty years down the road of what Luka Doncic will become? He has shown and such he incredible he, flashes. He's won he won a few games in in playoff series against the Clippers. He he hasn't yet won a series. So well what. Well, you know, I know, he, I know. You you said this. This is not the first time I've heard you say this. So I'm I'm not gonna. You know, you're not. This isn't a hot take of yours. You legitimately feel this way. Just well, let's just give us some time. All right, we'll we'll, we'll move on here. Uh, this is something that I found odd. So there are two questions here that I feel like are the same. It says which team made the best overall moves this offseason? and the other question is which team will be most improved. I feel like those are the same question, but the GMs voted. Like drastically different ways. Which team made the best overall moves this offseason? Um, forty-seven percent, like over overwhelmingly, went to the Miami Heat, which I really hope is not the case. 
<laughs> I hope they did not make the best overall moves this offseason. Uh, but then which team will be the most improved? Chicago Bulls with 27% of the vote. Am I an idiot by thinking that's the same question? Um, Maybe. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, no, I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, it just feels like the team that is most improved should be the team that made the best overall moves the off season like that, like just logically that makes the most sense to me, uh, which one player acquisition made the biggest impact. Kyle Lowry, 77%. I cannot roll my eyes any harder than I am right now. <laughs> I can't, I can't like, there is not, I don't know if there's a like American sports franchise that I despise more than the Miami heat right now, as good as they might be this year. And we'll find out on that. Also, I would like to add, so if you look at the survey for which team's most improved, you know, who made the best moves this offseason, yada, yada, yada. Golden State, not on offseason. Um, Golden State on most improved. A huge part of that is Clay Thompson, right? Yeah. Um, I I don't know how the Bulls are number one on most improved, but not offseason, so I'm with you there. Yeah, it doesn't make any... Like they I, I also think received votes, but like... The Washington Wizards got 7% of the vote for best overall moves this offseason. I mean, they traded for Kentavious Caldwell, Pope, and freaking Kyle Kuzma. Um, like, those are their major moves this offseason. So, I mean, the Bulls went out and got, like, DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. Like, give me DeRozan and Lonzo over Kuzma and KCP any day. That's I think that's we've, we've, we've made our case here. Maybe they're um, talking about the jump, right? Like the jump from how bad they were last year, how far up are they going to go? Well, like then the question should have been formed, like what team will have like the most improvement in wins this offseason or something like that. Right. I don't know. Let's talk rookies, Luke. Who will win the rookie of the year? Jalen Green, 47% of the vote, and then Kate Cunningham at 40. Our boy Jalen Suggs sitting there at seven, and then it's kind of everyone else. But I found this interesting. Mm. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? Evan Mobley, the leader, with 33% of the vote. So I, they feel like he's raw, but he's just got all the physical tools. He's already so skilled. When he puts it all together, it's really going to be scary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely the observation that they were probably all thinking. Um, because, yeah, he's not even... Was he even listed and also receiving votes? Uh, for Rookie of the Year? I don't no, think so. He's not. So... Which is interesting. I mean, so you're telling no me... G- there's not a GM out there that thinks Evan Mobley will win Rookie of the Year. But a third but of think them... think he'll be the best player in five years. think he'll be the best player in five That's years. That's a pretty uh, drastic comparison there. Yeah, I don't know what they were... Uh... Oh, man, I just need more information. <laughs> the, of, like, the, the setting these GMs are in and how these... Are these actually, like, the way they're phrased to us, the, actually the way that they ask them on the survey? Regardless... I think Evan Mobley is getting disrespected. I think he should be on that list of at least also receiving votes. Yeah. Um, if he's if you're gonna put him number one as their best rookie in five years, um, I don't know. Jalen Green and Alprin Shengun. <laughs> like, there's it's I just don't see a way that Alprin Shengun is better than Jalen Green and wins Rookie of the Year. So not to have Mobley there is kind of strange. What I like here, Luke, is. Uh, which rookie was the biggest steal at where he was selected in the draft? Number one, Jalen Suggs, number five Easy. overall. 23% of the vote for the Orlando Magic. Easy. We got a glimmer of respect on this uh, on this GM survey here. 
Um, apart from that, Luke, I think one of the, the most um, interesting things, who is the best international player not in the NBA? So number one, Nikola Mirotic, uh, 53%. Uh, number two, I'm going to destroy this name, Vasily Micic, 23%. And then number three, coming up in the 2023 NBA draft, Victor Webinyama. If you guys yeah. watched uh, the, uh, like, I think it was the under-19, um, like the like the global games this year, um, you know, for FIBA, like Victor, Victor Webinyama and Chet Holmgren went head-to-head, and Webinyama dominated him. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. So it's yeah. pretty cool that they already think he's the third best player in the world that is not in the NBA. Pretty pretty telling, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's the clear-cut number one for that 2023 mock draft, and I expect it to stay that way, especially after what we've seen. We saw it against Chad Holmgren. This guy's, this guy's going to be insane. I would definitely agree with that. And then uh, the Magic got no respect in terms <laughs> of most promising young core. Like, didn't even get also receiving votes. Like, we're behind... Uh, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Denver even like Denver. Does Denver really qualify for like young core at this point? Like who's their young <laughs> core? Like MPJ. Michael Porter Jr. And bowl bowl. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> There's but, they, they think Aaron Gordon's still 22. Oh, my, okay. That's going <laughs> to wrap up this segment. Luke, let's, let's talk some bets. Let's talk some college bets first. How'd you do this week? And, uh, what have you got for us, uh, this week? Uh, yeah. So last week, I had Michigan plus two versus Wisconsin. Uh, my reason was very simple. I don't trust Graham Mertz and you know the quarterback there at Wisconsin. I was right. Uh, Michigan goes on to win that game. Uh, what was it? 38 to 17. So Michigan plus two, no sweat. Uh, meanwhile, I got absolutely just demolished in the last one. Uh, in the other game that I did, I did UCLA minus three, and they lost 42 to 23 to Herm Edwards. Um and then yeah, you were uh, throwing some uh, Herm Edwards shade there last week. I was most penalized team in the league, but regardless, uh, they cleaned it up last week. They did pretty well. So um, my college record is six five and one on the year. Uh, going into this week, real quick, Ole Miss five and a half um, versus Arkansas. They're both coming off a loss. Georgia absolutely just destroyed Arkansas. Didn't allow them to score a point. Um, Ole Miss's offense is going to be the difference maker here. They lost uh, 42-21 to Bama last week. Um, early kick on the road uh, for Arkansas. They they might be caught sleeping here, so I'm going to go Ole Miss 5.5. Um, second game that I'll give you guys, Iowa minus 3 versus Penn State. It's a home game for Iowa. Uh, both teams uh, are 5-0 and on the year, I believe. 4-1 and against the spread. Um, the biggest thing for me, I mean, they're both great defenses, but... I think the difference is going to be turnovers. I think that uh, you know Iowa has the biggest turnover margin um, in the NCAA right now at plus twelve. So I think that that's going to be a difference maker. Iowa minus three. Um, so yeah, Ole Miss five and a half against Arkansas. Iowa minus three. Those are my uh, locks of the week there for college. How did you do in uh, in NFL last week? How were your NFL bets? Oh, uh, one and one. Um, okay, playing it playing it safe. Well, well, yeah. So last week I had Ravens plus one versus Broncos. Everybody found out that the Broncos were a little bit, a little bit of frauds. Um, and I called that. I didn't find that out. I we we covered that actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Ravens uh, had and that plus one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bucks minus seven. I had that. Um, I regretted my decision. 
on Sunday or whenever they played. Was that Sunday? They played on Sunday, right? Um, Sunday night. So, yeah, I regretted that decision, but I'm going to stick with it because it is what I said on the show. So, um, NFL record to this point is 5-3. and three. I don't know what my record is. Um, I just I haven't been keeping track of that. But last week I went four for five. Um, I had a little jersey teaser action. Uh, I teased the the Giants and the Jets. Um, you know, seven points each. Uh, pulled that off. My New York Giants finally got a win on the season against the New Orleans <laughs> Saints. Daniel Jones, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, put some respect on my quarterback. He looked incredible. Saquon looks like he's back. Um, if the offense can keep going and we can get the defense going a little bit, I'll start to feel much better about this season, but it is early. Um, you know, my bet, uh, chiefs minus six and a half against the Eagles. They covered, um, Cowboys minus four and a half against the, the Canthers. Um, they, they covered as well. I knew that they were frauds. Uh, then I had a, a six point teaser, the Vikings and the Ravens. They both covered for me as well. And then going into Sunday night, I had the, the Bucks. Minus six and a half. I didn't realize that Bill Belichick uh, was going to call, you know, his uh, weather balloon people and have it rain <laughs> all over Foxborough. If I would have known that ahead of time, I probably would have bet a little bit differently on that. Let's not all act like he's not a confirmed cheater. I'm not saying anything that's like really controversial right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, had I known it was going to be torrential downpouring in Massachusetts in October, um, I would have I would have bet that game a little bit differently. So had that hit, I would have been five for five. And then last night, um, and just to be I, clear, we're we're blaming Bill Belichick, right? Yeah, we're we're blaming Bill Belichick. No, I mean okay. he, yeah, dude, his son, like Bill's oh, got to have a talk with. Took his, over the took over the like, internet world dude, with his I don't tongue know what's movements. Going that boy was on that, but like he, like Bill's got to bring him to the side, and be like bro, like I don't know what it is, I don't know what you're doing before the games, what you're huffing, <laughs> but that's gotta you got to stop with that because it's embarrassing. But um. Last night, I got I got not some inside information, but uh, a friend of the show, a listener of the show, his name's Jesus. He he texts me. He's like, bro, he's like, I really feel good about the Cardinals tonight playing the Los Angeles Dodgers in the wild card game. I was mm. like, you know what? I don't really care about this game. Let me bet on it. Let me get some action, and I'll get excited for the game. So um, I took the Cardinals money line, and I parlayed that uh, with the Patriots and the Bucks money line. Patriots yep. this weekend are playing the Texans, who are absolute just dog crap. <laughs> And then the Bucks over the Dolphins. Dolphins not great. Tua Tagovailoa is still hurt. Bucks, you know, coming off of a close game. I feel like they'll want to get it going this week and kind of get some swagger back. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals. It was really, really close going into the bottom of the ninth inning. It was a one-one game. And then, uh, yeah, two-run home run from the Dodgers, and that uh, that completely blew up my parlay. But it was fifty bucks to win one sixty-seven. So I saw that and I got greedy and um, really just didn't go well. But so not starting off my betting week hot, um, yeah. but right now uh, hey, I was I've there got, with you. I was there with you, yeah, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, I was, exactly. I was, uh, I was risking twenty on just a little something, twenty on Cardinals uh, money line last night and the under seven and a half. Under seven and a half, cruising baby. And of course, I I stay well up for the most boring baseball game ever, one to one in the ninth inning, and all to oh, just okay. go to sleep. Can better. we can we time out real quick? I understand you can say it wasn't like very action packed. But like the tension of a wild card game, I don't understand how you watch that and you're just bored. Like I was, I I didn't care about that game whatsoever, other than the outcome. I probably watched from like the third or fourth inning on, and I was like, like just so tense the entire time watching that game. I don't know how you watch that and say it's boring. It's boring. Okay. All right. 
I watched all you know, nine innings, Jonathan, and I hated perfect. every second of it. And then I hate the Cardinals okay. now. Yeah, that's that's kind of fair. I, it just felt like I mean they had it felt I think they had either yeah they had um who was it they had a guy on second like this short little stocky guy and he's in scoring position and as soon as they didn't score at the top of the ninth inning I knew, I knew my bet oh. was totally fried. Oh, I love to check live odds during the game just to torture myself. Oh, yeah, Cardinals after that. that point, like they went black and it was just Dodgers like minus eight hundred. And I was like, oh my goodness, good night, good night. Yeah, when they when they got through like Bellinger and you know like Seager and they, like they got through like really the heart of the lineup, I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good right now. And then a guy just comes in and blasts a freaking two run homer. I think he was hitting like one eighty something <laughs> on the year, like something ridiculous. And of course, you know that's. It's what they call a bad beat, but it is what it is. So right now I've got a little action going in this Thursday night, uh, you know, football game here. Um, Los Angeles Rams, Green Bay Packers got a six point teaser. So I got both of them plus three Rams at the Seahawks Packers at the Bengals right now. Last I checked a few minutes ago, Rams were down um, three to seven to the Seahawks. So we'll see what happens there. And then um, I've got a 49ers uh, Buffalo Bills six point Rams scored. You'll like to hear a touchdown. Yeah, oh, Daryl Henderson. It's ten to. It's that's 10 to, even better. I got him on my fantasy team. Oh, just team. kidding. Nine, nine to seven. Uh, they that's missed the fine. extra point. That's okay with me. We're we're covering right now. We're doing well. Uh, but yeah, I've got a six point teaser. Niners, Bills. Uh, Niners are at the Cardinals. Uh, Bills are at the Chiefs. And then I'm thinking of doing another little jersey teaser. Uh, you know, Jets, Giants did well for me last week. My buddy's trying to talk me into. I'll have to look more into that. But Luke, what what do you have this week? I'm glad you said the Jets. Oh boy, here we go. The Jets Jet. again. This is you're you're putting your money on the Jets. Well, who am I to talk? Because I was just talking <laughs> about putting money on the Jets two weeks in a row. But you bet the money line last week, my guy. Tell me how it went. You you hit. I'm very yeah. happy for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, Jets plus two and a half at Falcons. No Ridley for the Falcons. No Russell Gage as a wide receiver hey, two for the I Falcons. I need Kyle Pitts to pop off. Who else you, is gonna? Who else is catching the ball? I, Hayden Hurst, I don't know. I need I need Kyle it's Pitts Kyle, to pop it's off. Kyle He's Pitts. Been very underwhelming so far to start the season. It's Kyle Pitts. Uh, Jets defense good against Speaking the pass. Of Gators, Kadarius Tony dancing all over the place on the Saints this weekend. Just want to put incredible. That Here's your last thing. Here's the dagger and any hope of the Falcons covering. Okay, you got this. Falcons right. are one and five against the spread the past six times that they were the favorite. Wow, one and five. Right, I feel good now. Feel pretty you good should. about that. You should feel good about that. The Cowboys um, are on some kind of like ridiculous streak against the spread. I don't remember yeah. what it was, but I think it's like five or six games in a row. I don't. I, I think it's this season. I think they haven't like they beat the spread every single week. Mm. So that's something next, to look out for. Next one. Uh, the only other game that I've got is uh, Panthers minus three and a half against the Eagles. Um, okay. Panthers passing offense going to get be able to get it done. Yeah, the Eagles Cal- suck. McCaffrey coming back uh, officially will escalate the line, and I think it'll balloon up a little bit even more. Um, Eagles, they're just falling apart in terms of defensively, especially. Um, I, I don't. I, I think that this should be a, a little bit bigger of a line. They're anticipating the McCaffrey news. I think that this could go to five, six if McCaffrey's healthy. So we'll see. All right. Well, just a couple of uh, housekeeping things before we wrap up the show. Um, if you guys haven't heard, uh, we started a Patreon uh, this past week. You guys can find that at patreon.com slash the six man show. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, we've got some patrons here that I want to go ahead 
and shout out. I'm actually on Patreon right now. I'm trying to pull their names up. And it just shows you that I'm I'm new to Patreon here. Trying to find their names so that we can shout them out. Because that's part of our Patreon. Uh, we will go ahead and shout them out um, each week here on the show. And then they get like a little special thank you. Um, so we've got Zico, Keith Garcia, Armin, our buddy Drew Gooden, best, best friend Drew, best friend Drew. Have you Bless ever seen Drew, That's nice. My Boy with Adam Sandler and, and Andy Samberg? Uh-uh. No, you wouldn't understand the the best friend joke then. But best friend Drew, best friend Drew Gooden, oh. and then uh, the Court Cousins podcast. So thank you guys so much uh, for being our patrons. You guys are absolute so, studs. Units. One, one thing. Really appreciate that. One thing I think is insane. Uh, Zico uh, was you know one of the pat- patrons that you listed um, commented on our Patreon and said, "Just so you know, you have Orlando Magic fans and followers from Israel." Keep up the good work. I like that. So that's dope. That's crazy to me. Anytime that we can get love from somewhere that's not the U.S., it just really is pretty insane that this guy is, you know, willing to give a little bit of money to uh, support the podcast and support the show all the way from Israel. Prestige worldwide, wide, 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 <laughs> wide. Luke, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, stopping point for us. Actually, no. One last thing I want to mention: if you're an Orlando Magic fan listening to Shoot the Shot here this week, uh, this Sunday. 9 o'clock Eastern time after the game ends against the San Antonio Spurs. We're going to be doing like a live call-in show um, here. Um, You guys don't know what this is right now. This is Riverside. This is what we use to record each week. But um, on our uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, you guys can find the video that we posted earlier this week. I actually just retweeted it so you guys can find the link. The only things are you need a PC or a laptop that has a webcam and you have to be using Google Chrome to be able to access it. Uh, Riverside, it's a great product, but it's still really early on. So there are some caveats that that come to work uh, with that. But it's going to be a lot of fun, right, Luke? Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for it. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this week of Shoot the Shot. For Luke, this has been Jonathan. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya.